we are now going to uh, introduce our next guest. The rest of the program, we're going to be focused on uh, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King as we honor him today. I'd like to welcome uh, to Sojourner Truth, Kwasi Nkrumah, who became active in the civil rights movement at a very early age. He was primarily influenced by the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, as well as the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. During the late 1960s, he became a leader in student movements in Washington, D.C. In the 70s and 80s, he became a well-known tenant and community organizer in both Washington, D.C. and Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, Kwasi was a labor activist and organizer for various local and national unions for 35 years. He has been a major figure in environmental justice movements for several decades. He has served as the co-chair of the Martin Luther King Coalition of Greater Los Angeles for more than 10 years. Kwasi and Truma, welcome. Hi, Margaret. How are you this morning? Oh, good. It's It's been a, a bit too long here. So, Kwasi, uh, just yesterday you were involved in an event um, that focused on the radical king. Uh, tell us why you think uh, such events about the radical king are so important right now. I don't know if you heard the, the intro, but um, the Trump administration chose Martin Luther King Day to basically um, attack affirmative action, um, issuing a racist school uh, curriculum, and uh, which, among other things, dampens down uh, the impact of slavery and the genocide of Native Americans. Uh, Kwasi Nkrumah. Yeah, well, I, I think that we have to uh, re realize that that was the basic agenda of, of uh, not only Trump, but the very large mob of people, not all of whom have invaded the Capitol, um, who really want to turn back the clock in this country. Uh, that's been their agenda from the beginning. Uh, so there's no surprise that... <laughs> He would choose Dr. King's uh, uh, birthday uh, as a day to attack the basic advances that Dr. King helped to introduce in this country uh, in his time. Uh, and that is uh, precisely why uh, that and, and the situation that you all were talking about in Washington, D.C. Uh, right now, which is not limited to Washington, it's just a, a nationwide uh, phenomenon. We are witnessing the mass resurgence of racism, violent, violent racism, along the same types of lines uh, that, that black people confronted uh, uh, in the wake of the Civil War during Reconstruction. We're almost in a replay uh, of the full dynamic uh, of the, re the attempts now, attempts now, and successfully done, basically, at that time, to reverse the second Reconstruction, which Dr. King spearheaded in this country. Uh, so, yes, we, we need to be much more clear about uh, Dr. King's message, uh, his vision, uh, his commitment, and we need to really learn from his example uh, and apply it to our conditions today because we are confronting uh, a major attempt, again, to turn back the wheels of time. Um, racially, economically, and otherwise. Uh, and obviously, uh, there has been a great deal of support. Uh, one of the head headlines yesterday I saw in the paper 
was that a new poll is showing that 74 percent of all those who are registered in the Republican Party in the United States still rate uh, uh, Donald Trump very highly. They have, they, they have not been at all affected uh, by the uprising in the U.S. Capitol uh, or any of the other events that have been unfolding uh, this year and, and in the past few years uh, to reverse their course because they are, in fact, on a course to, to, to roll back the wheels of time. Right, and and Quasi and Kruma means you know listening to uh, some of the people who invaded uh, the Capitol and and those outside. A lot of them rail about socialism and how Biden Harris will move this country uh, towards socialism. And it seems as though in the United States the word socialism is a, such a frightening term, um, and that's not the case actually in most of the rest of the world. And um, a quote. You have been sending around a series of, of quotes from Martin Luther King, which I really appreciate, Quasi, you doing that work. But one of them uh, says, we have, this is Martin Luther King, quote, we have deluded ourselves into believing the myth that capitalism grew and prospered out of the Protestant ethic of hard work and sacrifices. Capitalism was built on the exploitation of black slaves and continues to thrive on the exploitation of the poor, both black and white, both here and abroad. And of course, I would add to that um, the genocide of Native American people. So, Quasi, uh, um, your your thoughts, I mean, on on what that particular quote and why it's really important to to really um, revision and for people to know how militant indeed the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King was because he leaned towards socialism, didn't he, Quasi? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he did. In, in fact, he, he, you know, he, he openly uh, often expressed to, to his co-workers and, and others close to him that he was, in fact, a socialist uh, and believed very strongly that there had to be a basic redistribution of wealth, not only in this country, but, but on a global basis, uh, to end injustice and racism and militarism and all these other evils that people talk about uh, as platitudes. And of course, you know, Dr. King had to be a, a very radical uh, black man, frankly, uh, to do any of the things that he did in, in, in the, the hardcore bedrock of, of, of the Southern, you know, Confederacy. Uh, I mean, where a, a black person could, was readily lynched simply for not moving off the sidewalk if a white person said so, uh, or for looking a white person in, in the eye. Uh, that was so common uh, throughout the U.S. South in particular. So, you know, for, for someone to, to, to stand up or even kneel down and pray in resistance to all of those practices, you had to be a very radical, very deeply committed person, uh, which Dr. King obviously was. Um, you know, and I, I just, <laughs> I think that, you know, it's incumbent on us to get much more familiar uh, with Dr. King's actual ideas. Uh, we get to, a lot of it gets lost in these platitudes uh, during uh, celebrations of his birth and, and so forth. And one of the things that we've done here in L.A. is we've tried to, over the years, the MLK Coalition has tried to bring some of those ideas into uh, the Kingdom Day Parade, which has not done a very good 
job, in our opinion, uh, in preserving Dr. King's heritage because that, those parades have, have been loaded with uh, ROTC and military floats and this and that and the other thing, all things that Dr. King was quite opposed to. So, you know, we, we are facing a situation where we really have to dig down and become much more uh, uh, clear of what Dr. King's motivations were, what his ideas were, why it was that he moved from civil rights uh, to the Poor People's Campaign and to opposition to the Vietnam War, and why he didn't separate any one of those things from the other. And that is part of what we have got to get our, our handle on today, because we are confronting, obviously, a very radical turn uh, to the right and, and to the path uh, uh, by millions of people in this country who, who are determined uh, not to listen to reason, not to see what is in front of them, and, and really to, to falsify almost anything and everything in the interest uh, of reversing the course of this country. So, you know, <laughs> we are in a, a, a situation where we, in fact, must defend ourselves in just about every aspect of our lives today, whether we're talking about employment, whether we're talking about uh, institutional racism, whether we're talking about police brutality, uh, all of these things, the abuse of political power, uh, the, the violation of human rights, right and left, every day. And it's becoming more profound, more difficult, and more radical from the right on a daily basis. And so, yes, we need to become very familiar uh, with Dr. King's radicalism, Dr. King's radicalism uh, because people know, uh, I think, in a, a, a softer sense what Dr. King was about, but he was motivated by very radical ideas. And, and we need to really investigate that uh, and find out what Dr. King really was about. There's, there's a very good book out called uh, The Radical King that you know, looks at that issue and, and, and cites many of Dr. King's uh, uh, insights on critical problems and the, the radical ideas he had about where we needed to go to solve those problems. Right, and, and quasi, I mean, within that debate about the radical King, there's even a debate within the debate. Um, for example, um, we have an, an article, I think, that was written in Counterpunch by Eric Mann, who's a pro programmer here at KPFK, in which he says the Democrats and President Obama say John Lewis nonviolence, Dr. King nonviolence, without acknowledging that the essence of Dr. King's legacy was a pro-communist, black nationalist, anti-imperialism, in which it was nonviolent direct action. That was the centerpiece of his philosophy. Now, if you contrast that with um, the multiracial movement that Dr. King was part of, but that he also not only was a critique of uh, capitalism, but I'm sure a lot of our friends in the left uh, really don't want to hear that he also offered a critique of Marxism. He said Marxism failed and still fails to see that life is individual and uh, personal. 
and he talked about you know of course this was developed in in the 19th century just just any any thoughts on you because within the debate of the radical king what i'm saying is that there is that debate within that debate right um any any thoughts um quasi incruement yeah well i i i, I think that dr king had a very profound understanding that almost every uh, movement that has ever existed uh, to improve human life on this planet, whether it was a religious movement, uh, a political movement, or a social movement, that all of those movements uh, in various ways uh, have become tainted uh, by, let's just say, human shortcomings. Uh, and so he had a very critical, he has had his eyes open, had a very critical view of everything that was going on in the world. Uh, he didn't just kind of blindly fall into um, uh, a kind of uh, vague uh, anti-capitalist perspective. He had very strong reasons for, for uh, being opposed to capitalism, but he also was able to see that the, the same tendencies that had corrupted, uh, let's say, American democracy, if we, we want to uh, phrase it like that, had also created, uh, uh, corrupted uh, some of the systems that had, had evolved in, in other countries, such as the Soviet Union um, uh, and others, uh, where, you know, the rights of the individual were not being respected. And, in fact, the, the, the people themselves were not able to wield power uh, because people became very power, who were power-hungry, decided to grab that power for themselves. And he didn't have, have any blind uh, uh, adherence uh, to go along with that. He had a critical view of the world, the whole world. Um, and I, I think that uh, it's very clear, as you said, when you read Dr. King, that he had incorporated a lot of this. And at the same time, he became one of the, the most outspoken critics of what is wrong with our society. He did not blindly either uh, uh, engage uh, in the anti-communist uh, mentality that was, was so prevalent in his time uh, to the point that even though he had criticism of what was going on in some of these other countries, he was very clear about what was wrong here and what needed to be corrected in our society. He was very clear about these things. That's why he carried the struggle down to Georgia, Mississippi, Louisiana, all of the hardcore zones of, of the United States where people were a, a, afraid to go. I mean, you know, you had a lot of uh, people in, in the northern states who were quite militant in the black movement who were, frankly, afraid to go into those states. But that was where he yeah. lived. That's where he worked. That's where he had initiated his civil rights activism uh, and his, his campaigns on behalf of humanity as a whole. And that is part of what we need to learn about Dr. King. And that is part of what we should be inspired to emulate. Right. Well, I'm afraid, Quasi and Kruma, we are going to have to uh, leave it there. Um, thank you so very much for all of your work. It's been way too long, uh, Quasi and Kruma, that you have been on our airwaves. And uh, we hope to speak with you again very, very soon. And in and, and parting, I, I am reminded that one, there's such a difference between what Marx actually said and people who consider themselves Marxists, as you well know, uh, Quasi. And one of the things that Marx did say about capitalism 
capitalism is that they do exploit uh, the person, meaning people, as well as the soil. And a lot of people aren't aware of that environmental uh, bent of Marx either. But Kwasi Nkrumah, thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you, Margaret, and for your work as well.